You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert, Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. On this episode, we're gonna be talking about empowerment. We're gonna be talking about thinking differently, especially in times of stress and especially in times of anxiety and what we can actually do to start to solve some of our biggest problems. And just to give you a heads up, the solution is always going to boil down to us as unique, powerful individuals. But we have to be aware that we have the power to affect change. And right now, a lot of people can feel disempowered. They can feel cut adrift. They can feel like I don't have that power. I'll be waiting for somebody else to come along and solve these problems. But the reality is right now, oftentimes, especially times like this, you are the very person that you've been looking for to affect change, not just in your own life, but in the world around you. So got a great guest to talk about this, somebody who is truly a really good friend. We spent a lot of time together and he's come out to St. Louis to hang out with me and my family and his family and also the same thing. He's been such a great friend, somebody who's really helped me to to make this move out to California, CA. You know, when I would come out here for speaking events, I actually came out to San Diego to speak at one of his big events and it was Fitness Business Summit, the biggest fitness business event on planet Earth that he had annually. But of course, the world has been crazy, a little bit different right now. So he hasn't been able to, to put on that massive event that he put on. And so it was incredible, incredible experience to to be able to talk with and to teach people who are in the domain of fitness, of in the domain of health, how can we help people to have sustainable businesses so that you can serve at a higher level? Because that's what we really need now is for people to really be tapped into their own dharma, their own gift, and to be able to impact the lives of even more people, to make health go viral, you know, to make health be infectious. You know, so it was a really fun time and, you know, having the opportunity to learn from him because he's also somebody who his story is really powerful because coming here as an immigrant and he'll share his story, but the circumstances that he comes from and the way that he got here into the United States and having the experience at one point, he was actually homeless and he was living in his car. And now today being the CEO of a company that has over 600 gyms. It is just mind-blowing. And it's truly, that's the story of potential here in this country. And oftentimes we don't understand how powerful and how unique that is. And we do not want to let that freedom of possibility slip away. So we're going to be talking about that as well. So, and also right now, obviously our nutrition is of paramount importance because it is a driving force of our energies, a driving force of our biology, you know, and making up the stuff that actually is running our physiology, running our biology, animating our bodies and our minds. And so that really does matter more than ever. And truly one of the things that I'm passionate about is this brand new ancient wisdom, right? So this brand new ancient wisdom. And what are the things that have thousands of years of documented use and efficacy that now we have peer-reviewed evidence as to how remarkable it really is. And one of my favorite things to sip on actually is one of the very few things ever discovered 
to have a direct influence on the specific enzyme that unlocks our fat cells to allow its contents to be evacuated and to be used for energy. And that particular enzyme is called hormone-sensitive lipase, or HSL. And this nutrient source that I'm talking about, and this is highlighted in the journal Phytonutrient Research, is the storied fermented tea, pu'er. Pu'er is also effective as an adjunct if like right now there's a lot of science going around about intermittent fasting. And it's an effective adjunct here in this domain as well because it has these fasting mimicking benefits because of its ability to support fat loss while protecting muscle mass during intermittent fasting as documented in a recent study featured in Clinical Interventions in Aging. And also to fan the flames of Pu'er even more, a recent study published in the peer-reviewed journal Nature Communications uncovered that there's a unique compound found in Pu'er that's part of why it's demonstrating all these remarkable effects. It's called Thea Brownin. Thea Brownin, which sounds very similar to theobromine, which is found in chocolate. But Thea Brownin in this study, again published in Nature Communications, was found to have some remarkable effects on our microbiome. The researchers found that Thea Brownin positively alters gut microbiota that directly reduces excessive hepatic cholesterol and reduces lipogenesis, which means the creation of fat. So really remarkable. Now the key here always is quality because what you really gotta understand is that this field, this category of tea, is one of the categories of food and, and, and beverages and nutrition that doesn't have a lot of regulation. And there are a lot of pesticides and a lot of molds and things of that nature found in a lot of conventional teas. And this is why you gotta source it from the right place. And the tea that I drink uses a patented cold extraction technology to retain the nutrients. And also they do a triple toxin screen for one of the highest levels of purity testing for pesticides, heavy metals, and toxic mold that is common in tea. And I'm talking about the polyphenol-rich Pu'er from Peak Tea. Go to peaktea.com forward slash model. That's P-I-Q-U-E-T-E-A dot com forward slash model. You're going to get an exclusive 10% off your entire purchase. So they got an incredible Pu'er. I'm also a big fan of their matcha. is one of my favorite things as well. Their ginger is another one of my favorites. So many great teas to choose from. I think it's really going to blow your mind. So pop over there, check them out. It's peaktea.com forward slash model. Again, that's peaktea.com forward slash model. And use the code model, M-O-D-E-L, at checkout. You're going to get 10% off. All right, so again, one of my favorite things, I have Pu'er on a regular basis. I love Pu'er with a little bit of Emulsified MCT oil is just such a vibe and so good for you. And it's just one of my favorite things. So pop over there, check them out, peaktea.com forward slash model. Now let's get to the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. Another five-star review titled Speaks the Truth by Jerry4567. Love this podcast. Just found it during COVID and the only place to get accurate info regarding health. COVID is political and he steps away from that and looks at what is really going on. I'm implementing tips he gives a little at a time and seeing the benefits. He has a lot of great people on too. Please stay strong and continue to speak the truth. I appreciate that so much. Thank you so much. 
for that acknowledgement and thank you for leaving that review over on Apple Podcasts. It means everything. And if you have to do so, please pop over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for the show. And on that note, let's get to our special guest and topic of the day. Our guest today is Bedros Koulian, and he's the founder and CEO of Fit Body Bootcamp, three times listed on Entrepreneur Magazine's 500 fastest growing franchises in the world. He's also the author of the Wall Street Journal bestseller, Man Up, and known as the hidden genius behind many of the top businesses, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders who are making an impact on the world today. He is their secret weapon. His list of clients include New York Times bestselling authors, celebrities, NFL athletes, Navy SEALs, and more. He's an incredible performance coach and uses the stage, television, and social media to share his immigrant edge, what he calls his immigrant edge and American dream story to help inspire audiences worldwide to reach their fullest potential in business and in life. And I'd like to jump into this conversation with my very good friend, Bedros Koulian. So you're one of the most inspirational people for me personally. You know, there's so much craziness going on in the world. And just to have a grounded human being who's been through a lot of stuff, but also figured out a lot of stuff. And, you know, your posts are always insightful. You know, the work that you're doing behind the scenes, I mean, it's just, it's, it's incredible. And we'll get into some of that. Thank you. But one of the things that you posted recently, you said that the greatest work that we could ever do is the work that we do on ourselves. Yes. What do you mean by that? The work of self-mastery. The work of self-mastery is the greatest work any human can do. And I thought about that because we were, were we, uh, redoing our kitchen in our house, right? And in the process, we bought a whole new, all new appliances. And, and you know, these days, I didn't even know this, your refrigerator has Wi-Fi, our oven has Wi-Fi. Uh, Everything has Wi-Fi, and it's a Thermador brand. And so I'm reading through all the Thermador manuals that they all came with, right? And so you don't have to pull the refrigerator handle, Sean. Now you can pull the handle if you want, or you can just kind of nudge the handle forward, like give it a little shove, mm -hmm. and a little kickstand from the inside pushes the door open for you, enough for you to just take it the rest of the way, just out of convenience. I'm like, oh, wow, what a cool feature die. And I'm telling my wife, like, holy crap, our other, you know, the Sub-Zero we had, we thought it was cool, it didn't have this, that thing was like 15 years old, this thing is cutting edge. And so then I realized like, hey, wait a minute, where's the owner's manual for us, mm. right? Where's the owner's manual for us? So there's no owner's manual. And then you add to that, one out of every three people have encountered some kind of traumatic event that has completely changed how they view the world. Maybe they were abused, uh, bullied, uh, mentally, physically, sexually abused, whatever it is. And so in addition to no owner's manual of understanding yourself, you also have traumatic experiences that have now created these belief systems and toxic cognitions where you are operating with a limp. Mm. Like if you had a physical limp, you t today you don't, you wake up tomorrow and your wife's like, Sean, you're limping. You're like, holy shit, I'm limping. It's physical, you would feel something, you'd go do something about it. But there's no owner's manual for the headspace. And so we all just kind of assume that we know what we're doing, but we don't. And this is why we have wars and we have so much like, you know, corruption of powers and all these things. But when you really, really, really think about it, the greatest work any human can do is the work of becoming a human being. Because we are truly human animals 
as Joseph Campbell says in his book, The Power of Myth, where human animals living impulsively, emotionally, reactively, and until we can start evolving into a human being living through consciousness and realizing what is my greatest purpose for being here, how can I serve society, because our true, the rent that we pay for being on this planet is service to society, but so many of us are selfish because we live as human animals. The human being says, oh, I know, I'm here, let me serve, that's the rent that I owe. Yeah. And so, the, and unfortunately, not enough of us do that great work of self-mastery, and because of that, you have high divorce rates, and uh, abuse continues, the cycle of abuse continues, whether it's sexual, physical, or addictions continue, and it just breaks my heart, man. Yeah, and we have no idea that we're doing it. So that lame, no. that that psychological gangster walk that we have, that 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 pimp limp that we have, we often have no idea that it's taking place. And so, as you mentioned, being reactive, yeah. not being in control of our ability to think and to think rationally, and operating from that place, it's true. And I think that one of the steps is for us to acknowledge that, and even within ourselves, because even the most evolved persons really worked on themselves. We can jump back to that part of us; it's always there. Yeah that primal programming, but that work in becoming a human being is realizing you can think the way that you want to think. Yeah. You can think the thoughts that you want to think. You can respond the way that you want to respond. Bingo. And so doing that work, so that, that makes even more sense with that, with that statement. So I want to make sure everybody's following you on Instagram. Again, one of my favorite uh, people to, to look towards for my own personal inspiration. You're so good uh, to me, bro. At Bedros Koulian on Instagram. And also another big issue, man, that I've been really breaking down recently because most folks have no idea about this because you're not going to hear it on the major media channels because they're, they're propagating this very thing. So the CDC reported it's 550,000 citizens hospitalized with COVID-19, 800 hospitals they tracked. They found that the, the number one leading risk factor for death from COVID is obesity, which mm. we well know. The second leading risk factor for death from COVID-19 was fear and anxiety-related disorders. And I just can't make that shit up. You know, at this point, it's just like, but I was talking about this, you know, over a year ago, like, hey, the psychosomatic effects of this, what if, yeah. what if you're terrified of this condition and then you actually get it? What is, what is the body's response going to be? You've yeah. already predetermined that it's going to kill you. Do you think your body's going to oblige more likely? You know, and so this is just basic biochemistry. Your thoughts create chemistry changes in your body, influences your immune system and the like. And you said in a post, and this is something I just heard you talk about before, that uh, anxiety is anticipation of future pain. Yes. And the other part is action alleviates anxiety. Indeed. Talk about that. Yeah. So that I have to give a shout out to Dr. Kevin Downing, who is my therapist. And um, the first time, so I'm 47 now, the first time I had an anxiety attack, I was 30 eight years old, and I'd never had an anxiety attack. I felt stressed and overwhelmed. Being an entrepreneur, growing businesses, you know, there, it comes with uncertainty, and so you have stressful days, you know that. Um, and then also being a man, I like to block things out, right? Right. And so- Stuff it deep, deep, deep down deep, deep, And then put like phone books on it so it doesn't come out. <laughs> and so, actually, they don't have phone books anymore. So the younger generation's like, what's a phone book? Right. So put, big, a Mac, put MacBooks on yeah, top of it. Yeah, put heavy-duty MacBooks on there. Exactly. That's a good way to put it. And uh, so, dude, I had this anxiety attack. I swear, I thought I was having a panic or a, a heart attack, right? And so, you, you know, went to, the, went to the doctor. The doctor's like, hey, man, you're fine, but 
your stress levels are probably through the roof. Like that was a panic attack you had. I'm like, no kidding. Tell me more. He's like, well, you got to, you know, take care of your stress and you're otherwise going to keep having these anxiety attacks. And uh, he put me on Xanax. Now, truth be told, for three weeks, I had zero anxiety attacks because I was having like two or three back to back after that first week, right? So I went back to him and he put me on Xanax. Dude, for three weeks, no anxiety attacks. But also for three weeks, I was just sitting there numb, no desire to work. And you know me, I'm a savage. I want to work. I want to serve. I want to create. I love that. There's just no creativity, no desire to work. So I'm telling my wife, like, if this continues, we're going to lose our businesses, right? I just have no desire to work. So I tell my doctor and he goes, well, have you considered talk therapy? He goes, you know, it will actually help you overcome the things that cause the stress, overwhelm that lead to an anxiety attack. So I go and find one. And by the way, kind of a pro tip to everyone listening to this, it was my third therapist and I was like, this guy knows what he's talking about. So just because someone's a therapist, bro, if they're brand new, they may not have the experience. And if you're the type of person that you know how to wordsmith your way through things, and I'm a closer, I'm a salesman, right? And so I know how to move around and dodge your questions. And if you're brand new, you're not gonna be able to put me into a corner and, and help me. So the first therapist, she was so brand new that just nothing was happening. The second therapist, he started crying every time he was trying to help me, right? Still young. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I was like, bro, like. That's different. If I knew how to help you, I'd help you. But I don't know. We're both. Listen, that would be a great TV show, The Crying Therapist. I'm telling you. And wow. so I would just sit there. An hour would go by. I'd pay my 99 bucks and leave. But what really happened, right? And again, I'm a type A person. So I want results. I want results. So I can get off the Xanax. And so finally, I find this uh, dude, Kevin Downing in Brea, right by that steakhouse we went to. And uh, he's like late 60s, white hair. And I'm looking at his face and like something's off about his face. And it was like three sessions into my therapy sessions. I was like, this dude's got no eyebrows. He had no eyebrows. And so, you know, so someone looks different when they don't have eyebrows. I'm like, Kevin, you've got no eyebrows. He's like, yeah, I just, I wasn't gifted with eyebrows, right? So as we got to talking, he teaches me that, Anxiety is exactly that, anticipation of future pain. When you're anxious about something, you're just anticipating what pain or problem or uh, suffering you're going to deal with in the future because you haven't addressed it now, mm -hmm. right? And just like depression is thinking about the past, mm -hmm. like just thinking about the past and staying in the past and the what ifs and the regrets and all that stuff. And so the, the truth of the matter is I wasn't addressing my business partner at the time that, hey, we need to split up and part ways and either you take Fit Body Bootcamp or I'll take Fit Body Bootcamp, but both of us can't be the CEO anymore because our work ethics were different. He's a good human being, just different work ethics. And so I would hear his car driving up to the HQ and like Pavlov's dog, my heart would start racing. But I never connected the dots that that was the beginning of my anxiety attacks. I was just mm -hmm. like, oh, he just makes me tense. Mm -hmm. well, tension is the beginning steps, right? And my heart would race and my mouth would go dry. And then I started avoiding him at work. It was almost like two people who were on the brink of divorce, but still living in the same house. Mm. And so I was anticipating that if I ever had this conversation with him, that he would be like, how dare you? And you're trying to take the business away from me. And this is going to ruin my family. And so that's the pain I was anticipating. So I just have an anxiety attack after another. Truth is, when I did have that conversation with him, after Kevin taught me this, he was just like, oh, bro, you know what? I'm glad we're talking about this. Uh, let's part ways. Would you want to buy me out? And I'm like, sure. And I ended up buying him out. And it wasn't anything like I imagined it would be like a full-on bang-up fight. Yeah. And so from that point on, I started addressing everything. 
as problems came up, instead of doing what most people do, which is to avoid, ignore, and distract ourselves. And if we avoid, ignore, and distract ourselves, we tend, the anxiety tends to build up. And uh, that's how that whole anticipation piece began. So action, of course, alleviates anxiety. And so when Kevin taught me that, I'm a goofball. I just do what a professional tells me. I'm very coachable. So like when you're like, hey, B, when you wear a mask, this is what happens. I'm like, all right, kids, family, you're not wearing masks as much as you can. Like, you know, right? And so if we have to take private flights instead of, uh, like this flight we're taking to Oregon, uh, we're not going to fly American Airlines first class anymore. We're going to take a private charter because we don't have to wear a mask. And had you not explained how masks work, I would have been like, hey, we're cool, right? All good. So all that to say that I'm very coachable. And so Kevin tells me something and I go do it. But even greater than that, um, Kevin's work with me led to overcoming some of the biggest traumas in my life, which I'm sure we'll dive into later. And that I just want to open up the door that we all need some level of self-mastery. And sometimes there's other humans that have the user's manual and can explain how it works. That's so helpful, man. Because you know? again, it's it's breaking down these taboo things. Yeah. You know, again, somebody sees Vlad, you know, your alter ego yeah. coming their way, they would have a certain impression about about you, you know. And like you mentioned, especially in the culture that both of us grew up in and, yeah. and many other men as well, it's just like you you push that down, you stuff that deep, yeah. deep down in the recesses. You know, but and this is the most beautiful part about what you said for me personally, and I just want to thank you for this, is that, and it's so simple, your body was giving you feedback. When you were having that anxiety come up, when he would pull up, like you said, Pavlov's dog, yeah. your body was giving you an indication, hey, you got something here that needs to be addressed. Something is off. But in our culture today, like you said, we distract ourselves, we numb ourselves, we ignore. Instead of, you know, evolved to when we get these responses from our, from our bodies, our biology is giving us feedback for us to, to, to change something, mm -hmm. whether it's an environmental thing, an internal thing, a change of perspective, a change in activity. So it's giving us an opportunity, but we tend to be imprisoned by the thing yes. when there's freedom, like there's a seed of freedom within yeah. that anxiety. Yeah, that's exactly right. There's a seed of freedom within that anxiety. And actually to that point, how the body gives feedback is a great book out there called The Body Keeps the Score. And that's exactly what the author talks about. He's an amazing psychologist who wrote the book. And you know, he talks about how your body will literally replicate what's going on in your headspace, in your psyche. And, and it's just fantastic to be able to read it and go, holy crap, okay, I know why my body's reacting this way. Maybe I need to start having dialogue with people and you know, having closure on issues. But it's the first thing, obviously, is just getting educated, That's it. you know, and, yeah. and realizing that it's a thing because we could have just been, you know, that limp that you mentioned. I love I'm just keep thinking about yeah. the psychological limp uh, and I'm seeing in my mind like a, a peg leg, mm -hmm. you know, like a pirate version yeah. of yourself. Yeah. We have an emotional limp. We have psychological limps. Uh, we, we have love limps where. Mm. You know, Wait a minute. What kind of love limp? With? Okay. Okay. <laughs> you, okay. You're filthy. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> But the you know if you think about this right and and I was guilty of this and there's a great book called out there called Attachments. Um, you can tell I'm not smart. But I just read a lot of books. Um, and so the book Attachment really talks about the three types of attachments out there like insecure attachments, secure attachment, dependent attachment, and all this stuff. But you know you'll you'll marry someone. It's like I love you. I love you to pieces, but you won't let them all the way in because there's some traumatic thing that happened, and so you built the wall and no one's coming in. She or he might be closest. 
but no one's coming all the way in. And you're living this love relationship with a limp when you could really fix it and then experience love at its most highest, purest form. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes, like you have a mask on. Mm -hmm. And so, but I, I want to reiterate this point because you mentioned this just for people who might be new for, for this particular episode who might be tuning in for the first time. Just like, what? Mask does what? Just share a quick study with you. This was published in the journal Antimicrobial Resistance and Infection Control. Recruited pregnant healthcare workers to wear N95 masks while doing low intensity activity. And the results were shocking. Again, we just kind of like do this thing. There's no side effects, but that's not true. There's actually a substantial amount of peer-reviewed evidence as to their effects. So anyways, wearing the N95 mask reduced their normal uh, volume of air displacement between inhalation and exhalation by 23%. It reduced the volume of gas inhaled or exhaled specifically from their lungs each minute by 26%. Their volume of overall oxygen consumption was reduced by 14%. That's not good. And the ability to expire carbon dioxide was reduced by 18%. And for me, even with the N95 and seeing some peer-reviewed effectiveness of it, but what is the, what is the potential downside? And I was thinking, what about they must've been wearing it for a long amount of time, but it was, this happened in 15 minutes of wearing the mask, all right? So uh, it isn't just like, just do this, there's no downside. We gotta do a simple cost benefit analysis because there is some context where they can be effective, but all you're hearing is that, oh, the science is clear that this is the, and it's not the case. Yeah. Most of the peer reviewed evidence, randomized controlled trials show that they're pretty ineffective against pathogen transfer. You know, even the, even the thing that masks were invented for, which was, during surgery, this is why they're called surgical masks, to prevent the surgeon from passing bacteria onto you know, the, the surgical site of the patient. Every analysis, every one of them is found, whether the person's wearing a mask or not wearing a mask, the risk of infection doesn't go up for the patient. When you made that documentary where you explained all that, it was like one of like a, a light bulb moment for me. And I shared it with so many people and for them it was a light bulb moment. And then as I, then I, of course, I don't know, I've never told you this, but then you put me down a rabbit hole because, you know, they were talking about N95 masks and N95 masks. And those masks are great when there's like toxins in the air, like there's a fire in your house, grab the N95 mask to be able to scoop up your daughter, come back and scoop up your son and help your family out. It's like for that, it is not for us to wear all day long in the car, driving by ourselves, wearing double N95 masks, like it's Mad Max or something. Like, what <laughs> right. the hell is going on you know it's just bananas man but when people are, are are pushed into fear confusion doubt uncertainty the most bravest and confident of people you can break them down through those four things fear confusion doubt and uncertainty and so the most capable confident person once you've worn them down like that they go just tell me what to do next yeah i can't fend for myself tell me what to do you go wear five masks okay <laughs> yeah you know it's, it's 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 ridiculous man so and by the way so if you've yet to see it go to the modelhealthshow.com forward slash mask facts and you can see the documentary and also all the studies are there I also do a video addressing some of the affirmative uh, uh mask studies that demonstrate how they are effective and breaking it down and just deciding whether or not it's it's sustainable when put up against scientific scrutiny mm -hmm. so you can check it all out there but I want to ask you about this one as well. You said that when you get tired of your own bullshit excuses, that's when the real growth starts. Yeah, yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. 
you know, you can sell, we can sell anybody on anything. Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. But deep down inside, you're like, oh, I've got a porn addiction. I, I drink heavily. I, you know, I, I don't work out when I say I'm supposed to. And I, I'm, I'm pretty much a failure, right? I, but deep, but outwardly, especially on social media now, everything's fine. Everything's great. Mm-hmm. I'm on top of the world. And so you have to hit rock bottom for you to start doing something. So I, I call it a significant life event. And uh, in the project, for example, every guy that comes through, there's a significant life event. Wait, this is not the projects like where, where I would frequent when I was a kid. No, this is like, no. Okay. <laughs> By the way, a dude from the projects where you would frequent when you were a kid, when I was in St. Louis, picked us up in an Uber. <laughs> yeah, I told you that story. story. That's a whole different story. Uh, he ended up being a really awesome dude, but uh, he definitely had thug life in him for sure. Um, and so this is the your men's project yeah the project is a 75 hour men's personal development program run by myself a navy seal a marine a swat sniper and an mma fighter and we put men through a they they every man must test themselves to 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 suffer and face adversity because it's only in suffering and adversity that you meet your highest self like there is a higher version of every single one of us within but it is only exposed and revealed when we are called to be tested. And of course, life is so convenient and awesome that we're rarely tested. In fact, we go away from discomfort. You need to lean into discomfort. But that's a whole different thing. But at the project, every dude that comes through to experience the project has had some kind of a significant life event, whether it's alcoholism to the point where it got them out of their, their you know, they were a VP of a multi-million dollar company and they lost a career. Um, they fell asleep behind the steering wheel after, you know, blacked out after drinking and killed a family of four in an opposing car, um, you know, cheated on their spouse and, and gave the spouse a disease, right? And it's like now they're, they're heading to a divorce. There's always a significant life event. But outwardly, every single one of these men who come to the project are very successful. And I created the project because these are men who won't go to therapy. They won't go to some AA or public thing because... Some of them are pretty well known. One of them, in fact, is a top poker player, right? And that's the extent of all that I'll share that. But so they come there and they they are tested. We break them down. We get them to bond because they're strangers when they show up at hour number one. But hour number seventy five, they are not calling each other brothers. And so somewhere in between, where we deprive them of sleep and the Navy SEAL beats them up, not physically but through exercise evolutions, we have this period of time called the toxic cognitions, removing toxic cognitions. And it's a journaling process. And I lead the way with that. And the program goes like this. The very first sentence is, um, the worst thing that's ever happened to me is, and then dot, dot, dot. And then I start reading what I wrote. Between the ages of four and six, I was molested by two older boys over and over again in a carport in Armenia. Um, Right? And they're like, holy shit, be just like shared that. And so I'm like, all right, gentlemen, uh, we're here for a reason. Like all of the self-destruction that you're doing, all the lies that you're telling, the feeling like an imposter in life, the divorce that you're going through, the, your, your child's not respecting you. All this is a by, all your addictions are a byproduct of trauma. Addictions are literally a byproduct of trauma. You show me a man or a woman with addiction, I will show you a man or a woman with, who has experienced trauma and who refuses to process through the trauma. And if they process through the trauma, they won't be addicted to porn, alcohol, food, drugs, gambling, which is a form of ig- ig- avoid and ignore, um, you know, distraction. And so 
they do that and they openly talk about that for the first time, right? They talk about their worst thing that's ever happened to them. And then the next sentence, and that made me feel, and I go through, broken, unlovable, like trash, like I could be used and thrown away. I'm not deserving of happiness. And I go on and on, right? And then I go, all right, guys, we're turn to write this. And this becomes like a four-hour exercise. Now, at hour number one, these guys would have never shared that because pride. By hour number 29 of no sleep, food deprivation, exhaustion, and putting them through exercises and evolutions where they have to help each other, and therefore they have to build a kinship, brotherhood of trust, they openly talk about this, cry through this. And for many uh, of these men, this is the first time they've like, openly addressed their bullshit that they've been hiding from. And until you will be open and honest about the bullshit that you have been hiding from and... We all, we all have kryptonite in our life, bro. Like everyone walks around like they're Superman and I've got this and everything's under control and everything's great. Just show the kryptonite. Let's work through it. Let's heal and move on. It'll be better for your relationship with your wife, with your children, with your employees, with society in general. Because otherwise, traumatic events that have happened to you, they're not your fault, but they put on these filters on your eyes and ears that you see and you hear the world in a different way. Like for me, before healing and working with Kevin for 16 months to get past, like the anxiety attack was nothing. In four weeks, he helped me overcome my anxiety attacks. It was the next 16 months because he, he, he built trust with me within four sessions. On that, at the end of the fourth session, when I was leaving Kevin's office, he's like, Pedros, so I guess we're done for a month. You've had no anxiety attacks. We've got all the tools. You know, anxiety is anticipation of future pain. Action alleviates anxiety. Halt. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. When you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, it will trigger an anxiety attack or alcoholism for the alcoholic or you go back to a prostitute if you're a sex addict, whatever. So manager, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, halt. Um, easy enough to do. But yet I was the guy on my laptop, like I'm not going to go pee until I'm done with every email, right? Well, I got a lot of emails. Now I'm angry. Now I'm hungry and I'm thirsty. And my wife comes in and is like, hey, honey, do you want to? And I scream at her. Like, how is that good for my relationship? So he teaches me all this stuff. But by, as I'm leaving, Sean, as I'm leaving his office, see you later, Kevin, peace. He's like, hey, is there anything else you want to talk about? I'm like, nope, everything's great. He's like, everything was great with your family growing up, like your parents. I'm like, listen, man, I come from a communist family, like, you know, from Soviet Union. And so my dad was pretty heavy handed. But honestly, that's nothing compared to what really happened to me as a kid in Armenia. Like, I felt so safe with him that I threw that out there. Mm. And Kevin goes, what happened? And I just started bawling, dude. I started crying. And I couldn't even look at him. I was just looking out of his window. And he goes, uh, were you abused? And I shook my head, yes. Words were not coming out of my mouth. He goes, were you beaten? You know, like, and I'm like, no, no, no. Were you sexually abused? Yes. Male, female, and yes, no, whatever. And before you know it, you know, it all comes out. And we spend the next 16 months healing. And it's only then that I could address the real deep bullshit that I was hiding, right? But I walked around like I'm whole, like I'm confident. I had swagger, you know, like I'm alpha beating my chest. And I'm going to put on all this muscle. It was after that, the 16 months with him, that people were like, Pedro, so you look leaner. I'm like, yeah, because I got leaner because I was just self-destructive. I would, so I'm the CEO of a fitness franchise and I would come home and eat five to 6,000 calories in the evening, mm. not all day, in the evening, bagel and cream cheese, bagel and cream cheese, four, five, six of them because I hated myself, right? This is deep-seated stuff that trauma will do uh, because I felt like I was just throwawayable. 
And so as I worked through that with Kevin, now I can openly talk about it on podcasts, from stages, on TV shows. Bro, th this does not, this would have never happened even six years ago before Kevin. And so we all have to address the bullshit that we're hiding because if we don't, we're just going to walk around with this false armor when in reality, people are like, dude, you're more compassionate, more empathetic, you look younger. So as I get older, people are telling me that I look younger and all because the weight was lifted. Just lift the weight, address the bullshit, heal. Man, it's magical. Powerful. Yeah, yeah, to say the least, man. That's, yeah. that's incredible, it's incredible. Um, I mean, j just thinking about and zooming out and looking at this bigger picture. First of all, can you let people know where they can get more information about the men's product, the uh, men's project? Yeah. So really, they can just reach out to me on Instagram. But a better place to go is mdkproject.com. MDK stands for Modern Day Night Project. mdkproject.com. And uh, because we really want to help men become modern day knights. Yeah. And we do need more modern day knights than ever because with... Well, with free speech being censored, and that was our very first amendment. See, being that I wasn't born here, I had to learn about the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and the Stars and Stripes and all that stuff on the flag, and of course our judicial system and legislative system. I had to learn all that to become a citizen. And so when I did, it's like the First Amendment is there for a reason, freedom of speech. The Second Amendment is there to protect the First Amendment. And I see both of those being eroded. And as a former communist, it brings a lot of panic and fear within me to see that. So we need more modern day knights than ever to be able to stand up. Because I know they feel it in their gut like something's not right. Something's not right with this whole corona. The lockdowns, the forced vaccines, the mandates, the, the registering myself on some list. Something's not right. But I don't know what to do about it because I've been declawed and defanged as a man. And what if we just became servant competent, confident men that we can step up and say no to the government. Not kill them, not shoot them. If all of us said, no, I will not comply, it's a done deal. Every, the world opens up. That's how easy it is. Got a quick break coming up. We'll be right back. Mental performance is more important than ever. And there are specific foods that are proven to enhance our cognitive abilities like few things can. A study published in Advanced Biomedical Research found that royal jelly has the potential to improve spatial learning, attention, and enhance our memory. And to add to that, it was found to be antimicrobial, anti-tumor, and anti-inflammatory. One of the biggest issues we're facing with cognitive decline, with diminishing brain health, is neuroinflammation, specifically hypothalamic inflammation. With our hypothalamus being a master regulator of our endocrine system and our nervous system, and addressing this helps not just our brain work better, but our body working better as well. Royal Jelly has also been found to facilitate the differentiation of all different types of brain cells. And to top it off, researchers in Japan discovered that Royal Jelly has the power to stimulate neurogenesis in the hippocampus. This is the memory center of the brain. Very few things ever discovered have been found to be able to do this. This is the power of Royal Jelly. Royal Jelly has been prized for centuries for all of its metabolic and cognitive benefits. But this is just one of the most remarkable superfoods for the brain. Another one of my favorite things is Bacopa. A randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled human trial. The 
gold standard of clinical testing, published in 2016, found that after just six weeks of use, Bacopa significantly improved speed of visual information processing, learning rate, memory consolidation, and even decreased anxiety in study participants. Now I've got both of these powerful superfoods together in one of my all-time favorite nootropics, and it's called Be Smart from the incredible folks at Beekeepers Naturals. They're dedicated to sustainable beekeeping. That's where this amazing royal jelly comes from to deliver the cleanest, most bioavailable forms of bee products. And they're committed to third-party testing for over 70 pesticide residues commonly found in bee products, with some of the most pervasive offenders being things like DDT, that's again, commonly found in bee products. They also test for a wide variety of other things commonly found in bee products that a lot of folks don't know about, like heavy metals, like arsenic and lead, and also testing for E. coli and salmonella, and things that you do not want coming through with the incredible bee products that we're trying to get and get the value from. We don't want toxins and poisons coming along with those things. So, so I'm a huge fan of Beekeepers Naturals, and my favorite thing, my favorite nootropic is Be Smart from Beekeepers Naturals. Go to beekeepersnaturals.com for 15% off the Be Smart and all of their other incredible products. You've got to check out their superfood honey as well. It's amazing. Go to B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S naturals.com forward slash model. And again, you get 15% off all their incredible products. Be Smart is a must have for mental performance. Pop over there, check them out beekeepersnaturals.com forward slash model. Now back to the show. You're one of the few people that has been since the very beginning, me and you, you were, we were voice texting yep. a little bit. I remember that. Because I could see the, I could see the camaraderie there with us truly knowing like people were going through a lot of stuff when all this kicked off, but we came to that agreement. Like, I, I think it's because we've been through stuff, like yeah. some serious, like this is nothing to me. Like this is, I, yeah. this is all warm up. Yeah. For me, so I can maintain my sense of certainty, my sense of awareness of the bigger picture, being able to have multiple perspectives to also remember what's most important. And so right from the very beginning, you've held that, carried that torch for us. And also you've been somebody who's been in the few who's been speaking up. And so we were talking about this earlier about, you know, a lot of our friends and colleagues who, mm -hmm. you know, they got these big platforms, they'll... You know, we'll share something, we'll put a show out, we'll, we'll do a post, and then they'll send us a private message like, hey, what you said, that I thank you so much. I 1,000% I agree with you. I wish that I could fill yeah. in the blank. Yeah. Let's talk about that because- Let's talk about that. In a post, you said this quote, someone should do something about this. Yeah, yeah. And you are that someone. You are that someone. You are that someone. We, we forget, don't we? That you know, and, and they say, uh, you know, you've taken a first, uh, not a first date, um, and where you get CPR certified, yeah. right? And they say that when someone sees somebody fall or they see a car accident, everybody does what? They stop and they watch and they're all sitting like, man, someone should do something about that. So they all want to watch this train wreck happen, this person die in front of them. And it's not that they want to see the person die, but they just, everyone thinks that someone's doing something about it. No one's doing something about it. You are the someone. Step up. We are collectively someone. In fact, I put up a post today before I drove up here, and I said, remember, we the people? Like, we are the someone. And if we all sit back and go, 
I'm sure someone's doing something about that. When in reality, they just keep tightening down the noose. This is how the Jews ended up in concentration camps. This is how North Korea today, their grandparents were in concentration camps. Their parents were born in concentration camps. They are now born in concentration camps. Their babies will be born in concentration camps in North Korea, which, by the way, is currently funded by China. North Korea is propped up by China. That's a whole different podcast on another day. But all this to say that someone should do something about that. Well, we are the someone. And while you and I maybe can't go do anything about North Korea, Lord knows we should be and can do something here. And our friends who are texting us, and I get it, some are in Hollywood, some are in maybe in parts of the state, uh, like in, you know, if they're parts of LA County where you know, it's in vogue to do this and well, you don't want to stand out like a nail because a nail that stands out, it's hammered. And so you don't want to be anti-mask in Hollywood or in parts of LA. Uh, and it's not even the anti-mask. It's, it's what it's leading to, the oppression, the tyranny, the erosion, the death of our freedom by a thousand cuts. And you say someone should do something about that. And you like our friends who are texting us saying, hey, man, I'm glad you said that. Well, why don't you say it? You got, you got half a million followers. You got 1.8 million followers. Say something. Because as we talked about earlier, by both you and I posting something recently, we got a mutual friend of ours to say, and she's got like six, 700,000 followers, to post something on social media about this and she feels like you know what i feel good about this i feel like i felt it in my gut i didn't feel right in saying this because she's in the entertainment world right um we don't need to share her name here but god bless her like that's what i'm saying like we're going to be making the change man and coming from a communist country i know people think like oh man you know the, the, now it's time to take up arms we're far from taking up arms all we have to do is not comply if everyone decided not to get on an airplane if the airplane requires masks and say, I'm just going to stay home for a whole year. The airlines are literally going to go, forget what the government said. We're just going to say, don't wear a mask on the plane. That's how easy it would be. Because the government's not going to be funding the airline companies for an entire year, two years, three years. But instead, we're like, just a little inconvenience. I'll put on a mask and go on United Airlines, Delta, whatever. And therefore, you keep allowing the news to tighten. Somebody should do something about that. You are the somebody. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about this. It's been just a little bit at a time. Mm -hmm. You know, it started off just two weeks to flatten the curve. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know about you, but the streets of LA were empty. You know, I was on the 405. I look, I look in the rearview mirror, no cars. And look in front of me, no cars. And it went from that to just wear a mask. It's just a mask. It's no big deal. It's for other people. It went to... Close down your business. We just need everything to shut down. Don't be selfish. This is for the greater good. But we're going to allow McDonald's to stay open. Mm -hmm. We're going to allow Walmart to stay open. Yeah. But shut down your business. And then it turned into months. And many people, thousands upon thousands of people, permanently lost their businesses. Sometimes mm -hmm. they've had that business in their family for yeah. decades. Yelp reported that 74% of the restaurants on Yelp had shut down in 2020. 74% of the restaurants on Yelp have shut down in 2020. Now, those restaurants aren't owned by Amazon, Walmart, Target. They're owned by mom and pops who some months break even, some months lose money, and some months they're happy when they make a couple extra thousand. One of them was this amazing restaurant called Sushi Ten in Chino Hills. 
an amazing sushi restaurant run by a dude named Aaron. The man's a sushi artist. He is not an entrepreneur. And I say that with respect to him. He's an artist, and that's why I went there several times a week. And, you know, I've got big businesses, and so I had to handle my business in March of 2020 and make sure that everything's, I can keep my staff employed and my franchisees operational across the world. But by a few months, by probably July of 2020, I reached out to him and I said, Aaron, just checking in, man. How, how's the restaurant? How's Sushi 10? He's like, shut down. I'm like, what do you mean shut down? They're offering PPP, man. You got four employees and you. Mm. They're offering PPP. He goes, I don't know how to fill it out. And my accountant wanted $3,500 to fill out my PPP forms. First of all, that's a racket. Shame on that accountant. Secondly, this man is not there to fill out forms. He's a sushi artist. And so he doesn't know where to go online to fill out those forms. I've got like four accountants and two bookkeepers who do this stuff yeah. for me. Like if I had to do it, I'd be out of business too. Thankfully, I've got a team that did it for me. And also the PPP for a lot of people didn't match up remotely to what they right. needed. What they needed, exactly. Because they're like, oh, we're only going to be shut down for 90 days. So here's 90 days of money. Hey, guess what? We're shut down for nine months. Whoa. Right? But there's a great book out by Robert Cialdini, old book. He talks about the six weapons of influence. One of the weapons of influence is commitment consistency. In other words, if I say, hey, Sean, uh, do you believe that every child in Africa should have drinking water available to them every day? You would say yes, right? I mean, you're a good human being. You would say yes. I would say, then can I ask you to donate $20 to this cause so that those children in Africa can have? drinking water. And what they found is if you if I asked, "Hey, can you donate $20 so we can have drinking water in Africa?" you're more likely to say no. But by getting you to agree that kids mm -hmm. in Africa should have yep. drinking water and then asking you to donate quadrupled the the uh, uh, what do you call it? The amount of, yeah, the donation rate, right? The donation rate. And so commitment consistency. So think about this. When you said it, I was reaching for my wallet. Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I'm a closer. I'm a closer. And so when you think about the control and compliance that is exercised over us right now, over humanity, control and compliance over the world governments, by the, by the world governments, they did got that control and compliance through commitment and consistency, one of the six weapons of influence. Because the commitment was there's a deadly virus out there. And we all have a social obligation to look out for each other. In fact, March 16th, 2020, I did a Facebook Live to our, all of our franchise owners worldwide throughout US and Canada and Europe because uh, we have them in a private Facebook group. And I was like, guys, we have a social obligation as, as gyms to shut down for two weeks to combat this virus and flatten the curve, right? I committed to the idea. Yep. And so then I had to be consistent and deliver that message to my franchisees. Yep. Of course, at some point I was like, wait a minute, something looks fishy and I had a reawakening. Yeah. However, most people, if you commit to one idea, well, okay, I'll shut down for two weeks. Oh, okay, two weeks. Now they said I need to shut down for three weeks. Okay, three weeks. Okay, three months, fine. Mask, okay, ma mask is good. Okay, mask, two, two masks, got it, got it. It's been a year now. Oh, vaccine, vaccine, because this is really bad. It's, it's mut mutating, the mutating of a vaccine. Got it, vaccine. Booster shots, two vaccines, booster shots, got it. Oh, maybe another lockdown. Oh, maybe now we need to create centers. I don't know if you're seeing what Australia's doing right now. They're creating centers where they're going to put people in. So, and don't worry, we're going to take good care of your family member who's in the center, but you can't come visit them. Centers. Can we call them concentration centers? They're concentrations of humans in a center.
And so this is what worries me is that we use these obvious weapons of influence, commitment and consistency, people's desires to be good and look out for each other gets weaponized to get control and compliance over humanity. You know, I saw a video of a woman who lived through the Holocaust. You know, she was a kid and she was at a protest in, in New York City. And that. if the video hasn't been taken down, which is the order of the day, I will put it up for everybody to, to listen to and to see. I was only three and a half when my family and I were evicted from our home and deported to a concentration camp. The Holocaust didn't happen overnight, it happened in stages. Stages of humiliation, discrimination, demonization, and the final stage, extermination. The current hysteria about a virus is an assault on our freedom. It has nothing to do with health. And to hear her voice, because if somebody says, again, when you've already complied and bought into the narrative, and when you say, hey, this is how these atrocities take place, like, just check history. It's a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. And my, my, my buddy, J.P. Sears, he's just, I mean, he's true genius, but he was doing a, a parody of basically, you know, kind of a Tony Robbins vibe. Yes. And the title of the video was, If Authoritarians Taught Self-Help, mm. right? So instead of Tony saying, now I have the power, in this video, JP's like, now you have my power, right. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And in this, he throws up this graphic that you know has been circulating for quite some time and it's just kind of identified as these 10 stages of genocide mm -hmm. and so number one is classification people are divided into us and them mm -hmm. us versus them do you see any of that going on number two symbolization people are forced to identify themselves mm. three discrimination people begin to face systemic discrimination. If you're not doing the thing, you know, I just saw, um, you know, the good folks on one of these major media networks laughing it up, these two very prestigious news anchors about this guy on a subway harassing this woman who's wearing a mask and like giving her a hard time. And they're just like, I would have did this. I would have kicked his ass, you know, these kind of things. Just like, they're having a good time with it. But I did not see all these videos that you can catch online before they were taken down, anybody running to the aid of people who were being attacked who weren't wearing a mask. Bingo. You know, I remember a mother being ripped away from her child in the subway, uh, in, the su in the subway vector, because she wasn't wearing a mask, she was getting attacked. And so with that said, we talk about this discrimination that, takes to that starts to take place because of a narrative, because of a belief system, mm -hmm. not even understanding whether or not it's accurate, but based on what they say, you know? And so that's number three. We're just gonna get to number four and then we're gonna move on here because there's 10 of them, but have, has, does any of these sound familiar? It, I mean, okay, so here's number four. Dehumanization, people equated with animals or diseases. Mm. Those are the infected people. Those are the ones who are dangerous. Right. This is a, now, now we have a pandemic of the unva unvaccinated right. on our hands. 
you know, it's their fault and not actually looking at the data, not just from the major media channels and even our well-meaning health officials or health practitioners who are still getting the information from these major media channels and not actually understanding how this stuff is working itself. And of course, that's what we do here. Uh, but just understanding that these things are going in a sequential step. And when are we going to say enough is enough yeah. and get back to logic, rationality, perspective taking, listening to other people's points of view, right? Because right now it's so dismissive, right? So even with the mass conversation, I had to have a little caveat, a little side note, because you get classified as a quote anti-masker and you, it's, it's just a, it's a dismissive term. That person's crazy. That's not okay. That's not okay. because. For any of us, I think the better thing would be for us. For me, and you know this, I'm just a guy, I'm a results guy. If, if masks were effective, like true, like for real, I would, I would probably be wearing a mask right now. I would wear a mask to bed. I would be the guy wearing a mask to get it on with my, with my wife, <laughs> you know? I'm, I, not, I'm not a creep, but I would pay it just for a snapshot picture of that. I'm just saying, I'm just, some people already do that anyways, you know what I mean? Uh, other kinds of masks. All types of, masks, of fetishes, man, all types of I mean, of just, to, just to be safe, just in case. I don't wanna get her sick, right. whatever, you know what we I'm saying? We talked about how the body discharges a lot of a, stuff, man. A lot of weird stuff comes out of humans. <laughs> so, you know, I, I would be all for it, but just being logical. And also, I think we have to carry a thread of understanding, coming into it, I think this is part of the kryptonite as well, Many of our, our, of our friends and families, our citizens, have been indoctrinated through our education system that these authorities are actually looking out for us right. and doing what's right. right. So they're already coming into it with that unconscious belief. So it's a, it's a tough spot to be in. And wasn't it Hitler who said, uh, give me your youth and I will change the future? And that's, that's how he fell into power. He, he knew that it's, it's, there, it's, it's a no-win fight for him to try and change the minds of the current voting populace. So he went and started influencing the youth. And as that youth got into voting age, they voted him into power. And he did change the future. A really good friend, one of the wisest people, I mean, he's a true mentor in my life. He mentioned to me something the other day. He's like, for, for generations and generations, the young people were the rebels. They were the ones who were speaking up against authority. And he's like, this has been mutated to something else where they're propping up the authority, yeah. you know? And that's not true for all of our youth, but there's this big threat of that, you know, this justice, seeking justice without really understanding who's controlling the narrative on yeah. what justice is. Right. You know what I mean? So, and you've been somebody who has continued to speak about freedom and you have a very powerful perspective about it because of mm -hmm. where you come from. Yeah. And you just shared a really powerful uh, message the other day, you know, I think many people have seen, you know, the folks as they're rolling out of Afghanistan, uh, leaving that country behind and the people literally on the wings of the plane and falling to their death to try to get out of there and seeing, you know, so if you could share a little bit about what you talked about in that video, because again, this is, this, this platform is all about all areas of our lives that create our health. Yeah. And our, we have to understand that suffering anywhere truly is suffering everywhere. At this point, why are we still doing this and allowing these types of situations to take place? And I'm not here Democrat, Republican. I think both sides are effed up anyway. Um, what I am here to say is that we were serving a purpose and keeping the offensive, the pressure on the bad guys so that they can 
not plan another attack. And as far as I'm concerned, maybe we should keep doing that forever to keep our amazing country amazing because we are a superpower. We need to, like Sean, you need to stay healthy. You need to stay focused because the paychecks that you're, you know, your publisher, right? Your, your family, your employees, these guys in here, they count on you. You can't just go and be reckless. You have to stay dialed in 24-7, 365. The U.S. has to stay healthy and a superpower in order to go help Haiti when something, an earthquake happens, in order to go help Armenia when uh, actually an earthquake happened in my country, in Armenia, to go and help uh, Kosovo in the 90s. Like we are it. Everyone turns to it. What, what's the U.S. going to do? We're able to do it because we're strong, we're healthy, and we, we have the financial means. Not anymore, right? Not anymore. So we pulled out of Afghanistan and we pulled out in a way that forced tyranny on the great people there who were helping the Americans, the interpreters, and all of those Afghanis who were not part of the Taliban. They just wanted to live in their little villages, grow their crops, and live their life. But their daughters and their women were being raped. Even their boys were being raped. No one wants to talk about that. That's so ugly. I don't want to talk about that. Well, guess what? We should. There's a whole documentary made on it. Go watch it. And so when we went there, that stopped. The 75,000 Taliban, for the most part, fleed back into Pakistan. Now, here's the difference is that we could have left in phases. And let's say it was a four-phase exit. As phase one works the way we planned, then we execute phase two, then phase three, then phase four, where we hand the country back to Afghanis. Instead, we left in one weekend. And by doing that, the Taliban poured back in from Pakistan and overthrew the, the entire airport in Kabul. Like that was our main holding in one weekend, man. And now they're after the families who helped the U.S. military interpret and point out Taliban strongholds, etc. So the reason these guys were climbing these jets, because they know they're doomed for life. But the way we left, we did something so anti-American. We were there as the anti-bully, but we left and we literally let tyranny take over. And what I said in that video that I put up that you're referring to was, what did you expect? What did you expect from a, I'm not even gonna call him a leader, from a president who is willing to take away your First Amendment rights, Second Amendment rights, is willing to shut down businesses, is willing to use false uh, CDC manufactured claims to instill fear and doubt and uncertainty in society. If he's running our country in a tyrannical fashion, why would he exit the U.S. out of Afghanistan in phases where they're left in good hands, he would just pull the ripcord like he did and leave it in the hands of tyrants again. And so a tyrant does what a tyrant does. Like we, we had this beautiful cat. His name was Tiger. We found Tiger while playing miniature golf. So like he's a feral outdoor cat, a little baby, and we was blind, and, and we, my wife and my daughter fed him, and he grew, and he, he liked me. 
he liked me. And I, cats don't usually like me and I don't like them, but he liked me. And so I liked him and he'd rub up on me and I'd rub up on him. We had this mutual respect. Like he's the alpha outside. I'm the alpha inside the house, right? Like he can go hunt lizards and squirrels and all this stuff. But Tiger, when, when Chloe wouldn't let him out of the house, like when enough hours gone by, Tiger would start clawing at Andrew, at Chloe, at my wife. And sometimes if enough time went by, he would start clawing at me because Tiger's going to do what a cat's supposed to do. He's going to be a little savage and hunt. And he was hunting my ankles, right? And my daughter's ankles. And so a tyrant will do what a tyrant does. And so I know people are like, when I posted that up, they're like, yeah, but it was Trump's idea to, that, that we should leave Afghanistan. I get it. I'm not saying it wasn't Trump's idea. I'm saying now that he took over, Biden took over the presidential seat. He goes, all right, the previous, the orange man said that we're going to leave Afghanistan. So I'm going to have a three-step or four-step or nine-step plan. I don't know. Get some smart people together. Get Jocko Willink and, and, and David Goggins and Navy SEALs and Delta guys and generals together and go, how do we leave this country so that the Taliban doesn't take it? There's only 75,000 of them. How do we leave so that these good people can run this country and they could go, hey, you know, the Americans came here, gave us a taste of democracy, and they left in a way where our children are going to have a better life and then we will forever be indebted to them right? Instead of now, we hate Americans. They came here, we helped them, they left, and now they're raping and killing our families. Like, the world is laughing at us as, 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 a, as a superpower, and it breaks my heart. But that's, a tyrant does what a tyrant's supposed to do. Like, you're a good dude, you do good dude stuff. You put out this whole documentary at your cost. You didn't make any money off that, did you? No. And I know, like, uh, the production value of that is nuts. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That a good guy does what a good guy does. Tyrant does what a tyrant does. The difference today is that we get to see it because these activities have been happening throughout history for a long time. Yeah. You know, and there's always, again, there's a story underneath the story of who's benefiting from these situations. You know, so we can firsthand see the people climbing onto the plane and falling to their death. We can firsthand see. You know, when a person who's in position of power here on our television is saying, hey, there's, there's no helicopters leaving the roofs at our strongholds in, in, uh, in Afghanistan. It's not yeah. happening. And then literally you yeah. could see the you helicopter see the skidding the hell out of there, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you could see the lies playing out right before you, yeah. but yet some people still don't realize that this is a big charade. You know, this is a big show. And we got to think about the other, what are the other motivating factors there you know the defense contracts and and the like who's profiting mm -hmm. and also are they can they make money somewhere else because they're not just gonna let let up there's another thing here you know um war is very expensive but what is less expensive is maintaining like actually coming in like you said with the plan mm -hmm. and executing the plan yeah you know sustainability what we've done is not sustainable and the same thing has happened here, yeah. where we're in the state where we don't have that might and we're kind of losing that position as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is not sustainable. Our country, the United States, cannot keep printing more dollars and handing out to citizens. They extended unemployment, they gave PPP and SBA loans, and if another lockdown happens, they're going to give away more SBA loans and more PPP Where programs. is it coming from? They're printing it, right? And so they keep devaluing the U.S. dollar. Inflation keeps going up. For the first time ever in world history, by the way, wood costs more than steel. 
chicken breast has doubled in price. Gasoline has gone through the roof in price. There's, there's literally product stuck at the harbor at San Pedro and Long Beach in those cargo ships because there's no one working to offload. It's not that there is some COVID restriction. There's no one working to offload the cargo ships because they're making more money on this extended unemployment that's being pumped into the hands of society. And so then when we finally go broke, <clears throat> what happens? Hmm. Well, let's see if there's a country in recent history that we can tap into and learn from. Oh yeah, I remember Greece had the Olympics a few years ago and they spent all this money on doing the Olympics and putting in a brand new airport in so people can fly in for the Olympics. And when I went to Greece two and a half years ago with my family to visit, we had a, our own little tour guide guy and I'm like, hey, so what's the unemployment? 27%. I go, how come we're driving on this beautiful road and the four lanes next to it on the other side of the cones have potholes in it? He goes, oh, the airport and these toll roads that you're willing to pay for, which is why I'm driving on it, are owned by Germany. So parts of the unemployment is so high now in, in Greece because they spent every penny. They printed money and spent every penny to build the Olympic Coliseum that now Germany had to come and buy them at wholesale. So who do we owe money to? The United States? Oh, wait, I got it. China. And when we keep printing more money and giving it away right now because of COVID, um, who are we going to sell the United States to? Parts and parcel? Oh, China. Got it. So, you know, we've covered a lot of terrain and these are some really important issues for us to think about. You know, again, I like to refer people to like just thinking about who's benefiting from decisions being made, you yeah. know, something real rational, you know, and just having that in your back pocket. Uh, Pfizer's set to make $34 billion right now uh, with the vaccine campaign. And then they got boosters coming mm. as well. And don't, oh, by the way, Pfizer is also convicted of the and, and um, forced to pay the largest fine in the history of the Department of Justice, $2.3 billion for fraudulent marketing. But, you know, it's neither here nor there. They're a totally ethical company. Um, you got to just look at who's profiting and who's making the decisions because right. you better believe Pfizer is deeply integrated with major media. Pfizer is deeply integrated with our politicians, you know, and, you know, people are really not trying to step on each other's toes. It's very rare that you'll see an, a narrative disrupting idea on the news, something mm -hmm. that doesn't fit what you came there for. You'll, you'll, you'll very rarely see that. If you happen to see in that fraction of a percent of chance, somebody with a, a dissenting opinion on something, they're going to they're gonna bring in the guys to make fun of them. They're going to yeah. bring in the guys to belittle them, to ignore their thing, to call, to call them crazy. Just to bring, just bring on a crazy. Let's get a crazy on here that we can make look silly and keep the train moving. So yeah, it's a, it, it's a lot well going on. And by the way, to that point, with Pfizer paying that largest fine in history, by the way, a pharmaceutical company, of all things that they're gonna put stuff in our bodies with deceptive marketing, paying that largest fine, and then you look at Johnson & Johnson, who's also manufacturing vaccines, they had paid the large, uh, they, had, they had gotten popped by the government, I forget when, it could have been the 70s or 80s, but there was asbestos in their baby powder. They knew it, but didn't want to change the formula. Like, I'm not saying like, hey, like, well, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not about to wear a tinfoil hat. I'm just saying that 
we ought to just consider looking at who's running these companies, who's there to benefit, like you said, and then go, do I really need to put this into my body? Speaking of Johnson & Johnson, and I was just curious because, again, what if you contribute to the problem and you provide the solution? Oh, that's tasty. And so listen to this, and this is according to a September 2020 analysis of electronic medical records, hospitalized patients who had received a diagnosis of opioid use disorder in the past year were over 10 times more likely to have COVID-19 than those without this particular opioid addiction. Now, Johnson & Johnson, just a little fun fact, they're the world's largest manufacturer of this genetically modified, what they call super poppy to make fucking opioids. Wow. By far, they're providing other uh, pharmaceutical companies with, with the product, right? So it's so crazy that again, they're involved and they're getting money in all sides of this thing. And then we look to them, oh, they've got this beautiful reputation, Johnson & Johnson, baby health. You know, mm -hmm. they got the little baby with all the, mm -hmm. the chemicals actually on it in the bubble bath. You know, it's this perception and we, we don't stop to think like, what, what, what's really going on here? And I, I actually had somebody who's, um, you know, big follower of, of, of the show and she's just like, you know, she works for them. <laughs> and she's like, I just struggle with this because, and that reminds me of the statement that it's very difficult to convince someone of something when their job depends on them not being convinced of something. Oof. You know what I mean? So I think that's like something, it's kind of derived from like a Mark Twain assessment, yeah. but if that's it's a self-preservation thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. If your job is to not know this thing, you're not supposed to know this thing, you're going to stick to that. You're, you're, your great tendency is, especially if you're getting your salary paid. Mm -hmm. And I remember um, prior to meeting my wife, I was talk, quote, talking to this girl uh, in college and I remember bumping into her later, you know, she's like, Sean, what are you up to? You know, that's how she's talking to With me. With your beautiful green eyes. <laughs> yeah, I bet you slayed them. <laughs> so I was like, uh, you know, just, I was working as a personal trainer at that time, finishing up my degree. And I'm just like, you know, I've just been helping people to get healthy and I'm going to open up a cl clinical practice. And, you know, we got to talking about a few things. And I was, at the time I was really studying genetically modified organisms. And I was, I'm from St. Louis. So Monsanto was like this Megatron. Oh, there. right. And so I was just like, you know, if you look at some of the data, and I pulled out this, this report and I was like, yeah, you know, this particular uh, genetically modified soy and Monsanto, da, da, da. And then she, she her, her face changed. She was like, that's not true. And I was like, but it's here in this report. Like, this is a scientific report. You know, she, she worked for Monsanto. Mm. And she got defensive. And I was like, I thought we were cool. You know, it just like it happened so quickly. And it went away from logic to, you know, that our bias. Yeah. And then we can all fall victim to that. And so this is one of the things I love about you is like, it's not about picking teams. It's just being logical and who's actually operating with ethics, with compassion. That's another big principle that you teach, you know, and, and being kind, for example. That's like, that yeah. should be a primary ingredient. It's factory installed in everybody, but we create so much division, right? Bro, we know racism was happening forever. And quite honestly, I think for the most part, maybe there's like little pockets in the South where it was like really happening. But it, racism has never been worse than it is now after the whole 
the government and defund the police and everyone stirred the pot. Because the more you stir the pot about something, the more kindness goes away. But when you bring something front of mind, fear, any kind of thing that creates division, uh, racism, whatever, kindness is the first thing to get surgically removed and we become adversarial. And I haven't seen any group or tribe or country of people thrive when kindness is removed. And we've removed kindness out of society. It's sad. Yeah. It's a basic tenet. And also that it's a bridge so we can actually have the discussions, figure out your perspective, my perspective. You know, now it's it's so crazy. People that would normally, you know, do small talk at their kid's birthday party. They're like on Twitter saying they're going to murder somebody, you know, the same person that they might talk to at a birthday party. You know what I mean? It's, It's so crazy. Because also the way that we interact now is so impersonal too, you know? So people have this detachment from reality that there's another person on the other side of this social media response who's going through shit in their life. They, they have their own trials and tribulations, their own goals, their own you know, aspirations, their own worries, and ignoring all the, the humanness and yeah. just attacking, yeah. you know? And so also we're coming into it with our own narrative and especially it's even more dangerous when it's online because you can't get that real world feedback, you know? Exactly. And so, yeah, we're, we're very, we're, we're getting more and more dehumanized in a sense. That's it, dehumanized. Yeah. So sad, bro. And this is why I love the men's project that you have. Yeah. It's like, it's flipping that entire thing on its head and, and getting, getting to what is, that connective tissue, you know, like real world feeling the things, feeling the feelings with real people. You know, one of the worst things that can happen is a separation of us. It's kind of one of the ingredients to make us do the things that we've done. Mm -hmm. And also again, has it worked? Did this work? Has things turned out better? And it's just like, just being very logical, it's still not looking very good, you know? So I, I wanna implore us to never, give our power away again, you know? Like we all, same thing, to flatten the curve. And I even went, I went further, I was doing the things. I'm a scientist, I was all along like, nah, this doesn't, we don't have any data on this being effective ever, in like ever in history. Mm. This is a big social experiment. There are these other sides, and I'm looking at what are, what are the downsides as well, but okay. But eventually we've gotta wake up, we've gotta take control. And so, man, um, you saying that we, we have our kryptonite, that's one of the most powerful things that I've really heard recently because it's true, you know, like, but you can, you can dance with that kryptonite in a sense, you know, become, get to a place where it, it, maybe you build up an immunity to it in a sense, Bingo. or you could take that kryptonite and hand it to Batman to shoot you with it, with Batman being the metaphor for anybody. Really, you know, somebody passing off your power to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good way to put it, man. You know, when we have whatever it is, traumatic events that that happen in our life, sexual, physical, mental, emotional abuse, whatever it is, it creates kryptonite. In other words, a weakness within us, an open sore. But what happens with an open sore if you tend to it, clean it, bandage it up, stitch it up? It becomes scar tissue. It's actually stronger than the rest of the tissue, right? So like you said, you can dance. Now, now, 
that piece of area that was injured, now that it's healed, that's what we keep forgetting. We forget to heal. We walk around with all these open sores. You know, um, maybe someone rejected you, and so you have that rejection open sore. And then you were molested like I was as, as a kid, and now you've got that open sore. And you were beaten by your dad, and you got that open sore. And now my friend Sean sees me like, hey, what's up, B? What's going on? I'm like, dude, why are you being a jerk? And you're like, I'm just saying, what's up, B? What's going on? But if my body is covered with sores, I could just barely mm. rub up against you, and it's going to hurt. Mm. Sean didn't hurt me. I'm walking around with open sores. I need to heal so the scar tissue is tough. And when Sean says, what's up, B? What's going on? I'm like, bro, what's up? Everything's great. I don't interpret it as anything else other than what you said, kindness, not rejection, not hate, not whatever. Heal and then be kind and then read the science. <laughs> right. That too. That too. And also we can man up, whether it's man or woman or, you know, a child. Your incredible book, best-selling book, Man Up. Make sure you pick up a copy. It's one of those books that, and I, I told you this, but I bought a bunch of them. And I would give those to, when people come on the show, I give them to guests, I give them to friends. Thank you. And I got, I've got a couple left still because, you know, stuff got shut down. So, right. you, know, I, you know, I still had some books left still. So, um, you know, make sure to pick up a copy of Man Up. It's, a, it's such a great read. The way that you write the stories, bringing that to life, and the actionable things. like. What can you do? Here's the shift for you to actually employ. And so I really appreciate you, man. Can you let everybody know where they can follow you again and also uh, throw a shout out to the Men's Project once Absolutely. more as well? Yeah. So the best place to follow me is on Instagram. I'm just fascinated with that platform and I just love what it has the potential to do in bringing humanity together at Bedros Koulian. And then um, the project is MDK because it's the Modern Day Night Project, MDK project.com and it is definitely not for every man it is only for men but it is not for every man it is for men who want to level up in faith family fitness and finance so they can live a life of fulfillment there it is my man bedros Koulian. love you man appreciate you love you that's bedros Koulian, everybody and i appreciate you so much for tuning into the show today i hope you got a lot of value out of this if you did please share it out with your friends and family on social media you could tag me i'm at sean model and tag at Bedros Koulian as well and let him know what you thought about this episode and we have so much more in store for you coming up incredible guests powerful master classes so make sure to stay tuned the next episode coming out is massively important on a brand new study so it's going to be hot off the presses make sure to be ready for it coming very soon and listen again we are not taking the foot off the gas pedal we've got a lot of work to do a lot of change to make but the power is in our hands Take care, have an amazing day, and I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes, you can find transcriptions, videos for each episode, and if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome, and I appreciate that so much. And take care, I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.